fans in a lot of ways. I know how they feel. They're great. They're loyal. They want to bang for their buck. Coming off of three decent performances, the Canucks looked like a brand new rejuvenated team. But tonight, they put up a stinker against the Buffalo Sabres. So on this episode of the Large Cast, we got TJ Dollywall and Nam Desange breaking down what happened and where they go next. Let's go. Hold up. Alright everybody, uh, this is going to be a quick episode of the Larsh cast after a frustrating loss, uh, uh, two losses back-to-back against the Red Wings and the Buffalo Sabres. This is uh, Tej Dollywell here with uh, Nav Desange. Um, we were going to have an interview with Stacy Joe Rost uh, and uh, Jake Heaps of 710 ESPN Seattle. We're going to reschedule that uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe later on this week. Uh, there was a family emergency, so but everybody's okay, so don't worry too much about that. But if you were looking forward to that, uh, just sorry and just stay tuned. Um, it's okay. Yeah. The Seahawks, Seahawks suck anyway. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, they do. But we yeah. wanted to fuel the rumors about Russell Wilson and being traded and whatnot. I mean, oh, he's Jake- gone. I'm, I'm going to say this again tomorrow or the day after. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm going to go on a limb here and I've done this before and I've been right a few times and I've been wrong just as many. But yeah. let me try something. Russell Wilson will never play another game for the Seahawks. Wow. By yeah. the time he's healthy enough to come back, they're going to be way too out of it. He ain't going to come back, and he yeah. is not going to be in Seattle next year. Neither right. is Rodgers, but at least Rodgers is going to go out like Rodgers. You, you do make some know. some wild predictions that come true, uh, like the Gronk one. You knew right away. You, you said yeah. it before he even announced it, like months before that he was coming back. Uh, so that was pretty good. I like that call, actually. I can see it happening. Uh, but anyways, we'll ask Jake Heaps that specifically since he's Russell's quarterback coach, and we'll talk to Stacey as well. You know, she'll, she'll, she's been a fan, uh, part of the show in the past. But anyways... We just watched the Sabres beat the Canucks. Um, I got a lot of things to say about Travis Green. I know Nav has some things to say. Uh, Nav, I'll let you go first because, uh, you know, I might go on a little bit of a rant, a mini Tej talk that's going to make you go to sleep. But no, not this time. You're actually going to, I think, agree with a lot of the points that I make here. But you go first, Nav. What are your thoughts? Well, they haven't played well. I mean, we kind of got excited there where they came back against the Edmonton Oilers. We got excited where they were beating the Philadelphia Flyers. But they gave up a lead in the last, what, two and a half minutes against the Philadelphia Flyers. And they were lucky to win the shootout mm-hmm. against the Edmonton Oilers. They played crap for basically about what 54 minutes, 55 minutes. And they came back in the last five minutes and they got a couple quick goals and they tied the game and they lost in a shootout. Yep. And they've been, they've been horrible against, I mean, I don't care how many shots you could have got 70 shots against the Detroit Red Wings. It's a Detroit Red Wings. Do you want to be a playoff team or do you want to be the team that they've been for the last five, six years? Mm-hmm. That's no excuse. I don't care if, how many shots you get. You got to find a way to score. Pedersen's making $7 million. Hughes is making whatever, $6, 7000000 million. These are stars. Score a goddamn fucking goal. Yeah. That's right. I can swear now because we're on a pod world. It's frustrating. I'm sitting there watching the game. My buddy's yeah. like, oh, it's great. It's great. No, it's not fucking great. you got to score more than one goal against the goddamn Detroit Red Wings look who at absolutely the, suck. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were down, what, like five? Not, well, I forgot what the score was, but they came back and won. Yeah, three. That's, a, that's what a champion goal. team, the con- it, exactly, a contender does. Like you come back and you beat the Red Wings, and yeah, there, there's no reason. And people today, they're like, "Oh, the Buffalo Sabers are three and zero, and now they're four. The Buffalo Sabers are what the you know what what the Buffalo Sabers are. Look at the crowd tonight, and no, you weren't seeing yeah, something that exactly. They're not, they're not following COVID protocol where they're only allowed to have ten percent of uh, occupancy. All right, that's how many <laughs> yeah. fans are there. I think it was like maybe seven hundred and fifty fans watching that game. They yeah. suck, and that's why fans don't show up. And to lose to that team. Allowing them to get what 42, 43 shots is yeah. terrible. And this so I'm is not why sure if that's on, I'm not sure if that's on the coach. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, well, exactly. But that coach, that's what the coach. Well, my my question is: that. Is Travis Green 
is he still the right coach for this team? And I know it's only four games. I know it's early. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's five games now. Isn't it? Oh, sorry, four, five games. Four games. Four games. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, games, it's yeah. still early in the season. Bottom line. Um, and <laughs> there are some inconsistencies that I'm seeing carrying over from his previous years as a coach, mm-hmm. and some new ones that are shining through this year. And I don't know. Yeah, I just what like, do you think he's the right coach for this team? Do you think he has the ability to coach a highly skilled team? Like the T- Canucks have more skill this year. It's obvious. Yeah. Up and down I, the lineup. I, yeah, they do. I I don't here's the issue. I'm not gonna say he's not the right coach because again, we're four games into the season. I'm not gonna be able like one of those bitter Canuck fans are already, you know, fire Jim Benning, fire Travis Green, do this, do that, send this guy down, call up the Belarusian kid. No, let's calm down. They're four games into the season. So I'm not gonna jump off a bridge here. But how many the penalties do they get for too many men? That's, there you not, go. that's on the coach. There you that go. Is like, and this isn't just this year. This is previous years too. The, the last two Travis seasons, Green. the last yeah. two seasons, Travis Green's finished second highest for mm. too many men penalties and third yeah. highest. And he started game one against yeah. the Edmonton Oilers, the best power play in the league. Too many yeah. men it cost us in the preseason. Too many men are and, and not even sending out a, a, a sixth man attacker when your when your goalie's pulled. Like yeah. these are. This is a like rookie mistake. It's not even rookie mistakes. Coaches don't make attention. these mistakes in the yeah, NHL. They you don't make these kind of mistakes. And I, I even the last the game sorry against the Flyers when they made it four three. Yeah, like this isn't this isn't the NBA or the NFL that if you call a timeout you're gonna be running out. There's only one timeout. There's two yeah. minutes left. It's hockey. Use your goddamn fucking timeout. Fucking call it. Calm it. it was Philadelphia even before they scored that four three goal. They were circling the Canucks. You saw yeah. that goal coming. Yeah. Call a goddamn timeout. Calm All of us are down. thinking it. All yeah, of us are saying happened? they're Boom. trying to will Boom. Travis Green to fucking call it. Like, just call the yeah. timeout. Kill the momentum. Yeah. No, no. I don't timeout. know what, what his issue was. He, he's had that issue. I think it might be a West Coast thing because other previous coaches have had it too. They refuse to use that goddamn timeout. Who coaches, knows, but... use your timeout. But I, I, he even tonight, like honestly, yeah, we want in a perfect world on a good team, yeah. you'll, you, want a th- you want a nine and three. You don't want a top six and a bottom six. Yeah, yeah. But guys, let's be honest. They don't really have the players to have a full top nine because yeah, Miller's good. Well, here, let's talk, let me talk good. about this then. Let me talk about this because I, I wanted to yeah. say a few things. Like, so uh, before before I get into the, today's game, I wanted to carry on some thoughts about this year that are related to Travis Green. Quinn Hughes played a, had a short preseason camp, very short, missed a week. Right? Why are you overplay, overplaying this guy almost thirty minutes a game mm-hmm. right out of the gate when you have Oliver Ekman Larson? He's injured because of that. Like he's not he's not playing here tonight because you yeah. overplayed him. A guy who missed a week of camp, you overplayed him for the first three, four games of the year, and now he's out with I don't know how long he's gonna be out, but it's that's yeah. on the coach. You have OEL, you have more depth on that left side. Rathbone can play, you've seen him play, played him all preseason games, and you don't trust him still. Like, why is he still in the lineup? Another thing, Nick Patan. They didn't even give him one game. He's he's waived now. He'll probably get picked up on waivers, maybe. But who did we lose because of we kept Nick Patan? We lost Jonah Gajevich, hmm. right? You decided to keep Patan on the lineup because he had a great preseason camp, seven goals, I think, whatever it was. Hmm. You didn't even give him one game, and now he's probably gone. And the guy you kept over him, or the guy you kept, Patan, you're losing Gajevich because you kept him. Like, it makes no sense to me why you don't give this guy a shot. That's a Another guy, Kyle Burrows, he's been playing great. Like, we didn't know about this guy coming into this year. I didn't yeah. know about him. Did you? I don't think you knew about this guy. He but we skate. saw him. He plays a smart game. He played a smart game. He brought a spark. He was he was on a good pair with Jack Rathbone. Mm. So Quinn Hughes is out. What does what does Green do? He just completely like fucks with his defense. 
And now, now you'd bring both Brad Hunt and Luke Shen in, take out one of your better players this year in Kyle Burroughs. And Luke Shen was responsible for a goal today. Brad Hunt looked had a, like a pretty terrible game. You know, like these are all stupid mistakes. Like, what are you doing, Travis Green? Yeah. The last I, thing, I also go ahead, go ahead. Travis, yeah. he did, the, the lotto line came, uh, the, he reunited the lotto line with five minutes left in the game or like eight minutes left in the game. You waste the entire third period after watching the first two periods of your, your, your forward group getting outplayed heavily, heavily outpossessed <laughs> and outplayed. And you don't start the third period with the lotto line. Brock Besser's first game back, you don't start the fucking third period with the lotto line. Some people would have said start the game with the lotto line. I can understand trying the Miller situation at 3C, increasing the depth. You know, in a perfect world, it would have worked, but it wasn't working. What the fuck are you thinking? No, but so to jumping on that point, like I was saying before, is in a perfect world, you want a nine and three. You know, the days of a six and six don't work as well anymore. In the new NHL, you want a nine and three. You want three lines that can possibly score a goal. We're not there yet. Maybe halfway through the year where Paul Kozin is a better player. He's a good guy, but you know what? He's going to learn the NHL game. Then you can have a top nine, bottom three. Yeah, You can't do that right now. You're putting Miller on a line with Dowling and Pocosin. What's the point? You're basically taking Miller out of the point. You're, yeah. Miller's irrelevant unless he's on the power play, unless he's in a situation playing with some better players. I don't want to crap on Dowling. He scored a goal. He plays well <laughs> in the role he's given. He is not a goal scorer. Regardless of the tip goal, the breakaway proved it. The goal, the yeah. goal that he should have had last game against Detroit, where the goalie was down and he tried to roof it and he hit the far post. Yeah, yeah. You put that in the middle of the net. You can't put Miller. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are not there as an organization, as a team, yeah. to have Miller as a third line center. Maybe again later in the year, we yeah, will yeah. be at that point. That number two. I know. I know you're gonna agree with this. I am so sick and fucking tired of having Tanner Pearson on that second line. <laughs> You know what? Tanner yeah. Pearson on the second power play. He can't score. He's a good player. I'm not going to say he's a bad player. He's a good third-line player. can kill yeah. penalties. Yeah. He's a strong player on the boards. But he doesn't have the hands to score goals on the power play mm-hmm. or score a goal in the goddamn fucking shootout. Yeah. Don't put him there. Green's, Green's a mar- married to that that uh, Pearson-Horvat uh, tandem for some reason. He He's he's just refusing to split them apart. Uh, and, and, and as far as line combinations go, I, I agree. Like, yeah, I mean, Pearson hasn't been like... He hasn't been an anchor for this team this year, like this for yeah. these games that we're losing. But he also hasn't been a, a, enough of a spark. Today he started off. He had a great like opening goal there with the Bo Horvat. Worked yeah. out, worked hard on the boards. But when yeah. you're when you're down and you're getting outplayed for 40 minutes, you know yeah. after that goal, you have to to switch up your lineup, right? Why do you you reunite the lotto line, but you keep Pearson and Horvat together? Like why not? Yeah. Like Garland Hoaglander. Put, put Hoaglander on that left side. Put Garland yeah. on. Yeah, there you go. Put him between more Horvat. Just fi- just take Pearson off for one one second, yeah. Travis. Like for I, just one second, see what happens. And I and I think even before the season, we were all thinking it, like maybe he didn't want to do that because Hoagland and Garland are smaller guys. But are there two smaller guys in the NHL that play the way these guys a heavy do? game like them? I yeah, mean, very few. They play a big game. Hoaglander is not afraid of anything. He's out there hitting things. Garland. Garden's a shit disturber. I don't want to compare him to this guy because I can't stand him. <laughs> but he kind of plays like Marshawn. Like he'll yeah, go out he there and he's poking the bear. He can yeah, score he goals. Does. He can skate. He's twisting in the. I got dizzy watching him <laughs> the other day when he's in Detroit. He yeah, made like man. seven spins there. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? We used, we like, thought Hoaglander was shifty, and now we're watching like a shiftier version of that. Like it's crazy. Yeah, like Pearson can't finish. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think he ever could. Maybe even even when no, he won he, the cup with the Kings. I mean, you were there. You were a semi supporting the Kings at that. Wow, well, they were the only hockey team I could there. watch, and I got buddies no, that were diehard fans. So no, I'm not, no, I'm not shitting on you, but you you watch the team closely. Yeah, w- was he playing top line minutes, or was he, he was on playing? That third he was uh, the, the that '70s line was the first line that they were carrying the at Kings for, many, they, for many games. Line, yeah. yeah, but he's not that player anymore. 
He's a, he's obviously he not the same uh, caliber player as that, well, but he, he's still not the problem. Like the problem for me is just like these coaching decisions. Where you put him? Where you put him? And yeah, how, yeah, why yeah. is he married to Bo Horvat? Like I get it. Like I get you like them together, but when they don't, when they're not thriving, when the whole team is not thriving, you got to yeah. switch things up and and generate some type of spark. You got to break mm-hmm. them apart. Put Hoglander on the left side. Put, put Colson on the left or some. Garland played in the preseason on the left a few times. Switch it up. Now, the other thing is, though, we've seen last year, they had a terrible start to, to the year with the, the poorest like form of defensive structure. Yeah. Like, they're just terrible defensive structure that led to so many freaking uh, two-on-one rushes and breakaways last year. And <clears throat> they started out of the gate so flat. And this year, starting now to see some more poor defensive structure. You know, is it, and uh, Brad Hunt or Brad Shaw was brought in to help with with the defensive side of things, but Travis Green made it a point to mention that he's not there to change the, the structure. So this is still Travis Green's defensive structure. Now on the flip side, offensively, you have a lot more highly skilled players in the lineup. Why the fuck are you still dumping the puck in and chasing? You got to start generating more chances off the rush. All the highly skilled teams do it. Tampa Bay does it all the time. Colorado does it all the time. When you have yeah. faster and more skilled players in your lineup, that's oh. when you got to have that offensive pedigree as a coach to generate and to just teach them the lanes and, and the movements to, to work with each other to, oh. to generate chances off the rush instead of dumping the puck in and trying to dig it out with Pedersen or dig it out with yeah. Garland or Hoagland or like, yeah, they're, they're little buzzsaws out there. But even the but Boston Bruins, like Marshawn doesn't yeah. do, do the dump and chase. He fuck, they yeah. always play off the rush. Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshawn, right? And even on the power play today, like, yeah, no, I saw that too. It was like, yeah, they, they play a strong game, but PD, Hope, they're still smaller guys. So if you dump the puck in, you're not going to have enough. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough to come in and crash the board to retrieve the puck. I agree. You need to skate that puck in. You got PD, who's got skill. You got Horvat, who's got skill, and he's fast. Bring the puck in, especially yeah. on the power play. They're still doing the drop pass. I mean, yeah, most NHL teams do it. That's what I keep hearing everywhere that most NHL teams do it. But you know what? Most NHL teams don't have the likes of a Quinn Hughes, Oliver Ekman Larson, a PD, a Horvat, a Brock Besser that can actually just skate the puck in. Mm-hmm. Skate the puck in, get into the zone, then maybe dump it around the corner. Yeah. You're dumping it in from the center ice, basically. You're not getting that puck. You're not going to get it. There's NHL, even against the worst teams like the Buffalo Sabres, the Detroit Red Wings, the teams are still good enough. They're NHL teams. They're going to retrieve that goddamn puck and get it out. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. They, I agree. They And isn't, like, let me ask you, what's, what's uh, Baumgartner doing? You tell is me, man. Still, is he still not the defensive? Is he still not well, he, coaching the, def- so, like the yeah. defenseman? I'm not sure what the heck's going no, that, on there. This is part of the problem with the defensive structure. Like, you know, Green says that Bradshaw is not here to, to change that. So obviously it's structured based on what Green and Bombers have, have uh, come up with over their years and their, their time together starting in the mm-hmm. AHL and now here in the NHL. And mm-hmm. it's been poor for the last few years. I mean, now you have the right personnel and players and skilled players. You know, uh, you you saw flashes of this team and what they can do when, when they're going. But like it comes down to that defensive structure. Like they're they're just all these backdoor plays, all these uh, just the movement off the puck, positioning and rotations and in, in the defensive zone and inability to clear the puck out of the zone off the fucking glass if you have to. Like why are you trying to make some cute passes at the blue line, chipping it mm-hmm. off the board? Like I, I bet you all these teams watching the Canucks play, watching them break out, it's probably so easy to break them down, to, to break down where 100%. to to forecheck and how to forecheck against the Canucks. Yeah. Nothing has uh, changed just, with the defensive posture and the structure. I thought I saw glimpses of, glimpses of it in the preseason. I, I really thought they were making some additional like short passes down low to just yeah. evade that forecheck. 
You know, they, they usually other teams usually send in one the one A and then one B kind of floating in and, and supporting that one A or yeah. the one F, whatever you want to call it. They saw they did a couple like you know formed a triangle like in soccer. You always you think about that triangle. And they made these little quick passes and they broke out really efficiently. But yeah. now like what the fuck? And what is it with benching your your young players? Paul Colson. Paul Colson is a good defensive player. We he he was already known. A known commodity in that sense. He was a known defensive yeah. player. You know, in the yeah. KHL, you saw it. Very responsible. Very responsible defensively. Now you're benching <laughs> him because he's just old, because he's so young. But he, I thought the reason you benched players was because you were afraid that they were going to turn the puck over or, or, or lose their yeah. positioning because they didn't have the defensive, you know, te- techniques down. But this guy does, and you're still benching him. And now when you bench him and you go bench your, your fourth line guys, you're overplaying your, your top six guys. Hmm. The fatigue factor is going to kick in. Like when you have depth, as a coach, you have to use that, utilize that depth efficiently. And I don't know, man. Travis Green, I, I, pressure's on I, for I me, think, man. I, I think I think we've crapped on Travis Green, rightfully so enough. But I think I, I want to spend a few minutes talking about the players too, the Pedersons, the Millers. Yeah, Millers leading the team in points. Yeah, Pedersons had a goal last game, I think it was, or the game before against Philly. I guess sorry, a couple of games ago. But listen, you got you wanted your big term contract. You wanted to, you know your big time money contract seven million dollars you want what 11 million dollars in three years is probably what you're going to be asking for show up show yeah. the fuck up like what the fuck have you like I, I haven't seen him play that great i know he missed training camp but if you're going to miss training camp if you're going to hold out and try to be the man be the man on the ice yep. especially against teams like detroit and buffalo you can't be playing out there did, did you see pd today no. i don't remember, remember yeah. him. i don't remember him doing anything you know Dipsy doodle here and there. Fuck, show up. Like way, way at the, the top of the blue line the there. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, not going to do. Yeah, and with two guys on you, and yeah. you turn the puck over, it's a two-on-one the other way. So you, you only got to, not only do you have to be smart, you got to play strong. You got to want it. You got to show some anger out there. I mean, Brock Bester, first game, I thought he was all right. He had some chances, obviously, he, he, a little bit. As rusty. the game went along, he, he kind of picked he up better. the pace. His hands were kind of catching up to his feet. Yeah. And his feet were Horvat was playing well. Horvat did pretty well. But I just... I, this the team as players, you know. Yeah, and obviously they gotta we wake don't up. play. Yeah, they gotta wake up. You can't. All, I mean, you can only blame the coach so much. He's not. On well, the but listen. Line. At this point, we can. I think we can start blaming the coach more than we have. Yeah, I think. I think. I think that's a fair criticism. That we we have to be able to, to to put responsibility on the shoulders of the guy leading the charge here. He's the coach. He's he's on yeah. in charge of the bench and the personnel and then motivating the players, getting them ready to play. You know, putting the lineup together and all that, but you're right. The players also have to show up, and especially guys like, like you just said, you want to be the man, then be the man, PD. Show yeah, up and lead yeah. this team. Like, yeah. it's 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 a it's a it's a frustrating start. I know it was a road trip, six game road trip to start the year. They got one left, I think Chicago coming up next right? and then they come home to Minnesota. We're all going to be at that game. Larshider's yeah. first game of the year. First I might need a ticket. Game. I might need a ticket. I might need get a you ticket. a ticket. I think there's a few people that don't want to show up, but like that can't show up. They want to show up, but they can't. Uh, but anyways, like that's that the home crowd is obviously going to give energy to these players. They, they're going to get a boost. And I guarantee you that's a guaranteed win night. Like but that's you know 100% yeah. a guaranteed win night. But win next so, game. Uh, yeah. Come I, home on a positive yeah. note. With the playing Chicago. See, you know what? Okay. One thing I want to say, and there's a lot of people on Twitter bitching. Oh, Canucks got friggin' screwed with a six game. They didn't get screwed. They went to the NHL for this specific reason. The reason that came out today where Bonnie Henry finally okayed the fourth stage yeah, where yeah. now the Canucks, Rogers Arena, Vancouver, BC is going to allow to have 100% capacity of bars, clubs, restaurants, yeah, yeah, and hockey arenas. So this wasn't the NHL giving the Canucks a six-game road trip. The no. ownership, the management went to the NHL to say, listen, we want to obviously make all the money we can. So we can't, we want to start on the road till late October where we yeah. can speak to the BC government. Yeah. So this isn't on the NHL. Not That's at one. all. Number two, you look at the schedule. 
look at the six game road trip. This isn't, you're not playing, <laughs> not tough you're teams, not man. The, yeah. You're not playing Vegas. You're not playing Tampa Bay. You're playing Buffalo, Detroit, Seattle, Chicago, Edmonton, Philly. Okay. Edmonton was at the beginning of the road trip. So that was not a question. First game of the season. Philly's no juggernaut. So at least four, if not five of these teams are beatable, especially the last four, Detroit, Buffalo. These should have been at least, you should have got three out of the four points here. And now you're going into Chicago. This isn't 2011. Chicago is not very good. All right. And no, Seattle, and had a, Seattle's had giving a, up goals. Yeah. Seattle's giving up frigging two goals every game in the first five minutes. They got to win but, these next two games, man. They got to win these next two to. games. Come home on a positive note. But yeah. that being said, even if they do that, I want to see these changes in the, in the way they're playing. Like, and, and this goes back to, I know this was a, a very green centric podcast because we haven't ripped them enough. And I think I'm seeing it on, on Twitter. I'm seeing it on social and, and, and the group chats and whatnot. Yeah, the players have to play, but I just think this might be this might be uh, one of those situations like the St. Louis Blues, where they had a team that could that was obviously good enough to win the cup, but they didn't have the right coaching, and the coaching was holding them back. And you know, until they made that decision late in December, turned their year around. Yeah, I don't no. want to see the Canucks with. We obviously have a good team, like personnel wise, much better team this year. Yeah, nobody you know can what? argue I, that. No, and people are coming already. I don't want to, I'm not going to call names, but there's certain not, not, people coming yeah. on Twitter and they're crapping on Jim Benning. Okay, let me, this is my personal opinion. Jim Benning, my issue with Jim Benning this offseason is like he's, in my mind at least, he's mortgaged the future for one good year, right? So let's forget about the future. Well, right if now. You, that depends on OEL, really, but yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. But like, in my mind, that's what my issue was when he made these trades. But I said from the beginning, and most people agree, media people, most of the Canuck fans, they are going to be honest. We'll say that when he did all this in this offseason, this season particularly, they're much they, on paper, yeah. they're a better team than they were yeah, last absolutely. year. Absolutely. He got you Garland. He's got, got you Oliver Ekman Larson. And you tell me, besides Hoaglander, have, besides Hoaglander, hasn't Oliver Ekman Larson and Garland been their two of their best players? Absolutely. I mean, Ekman Larson, maybe he doesn't look like the player he was five years ago when he's going to win a Norris. But, but he ain't a bad defensive in, player. No. He looks, he looks engaged. Yeah. You watch him in Arizona. We spoke about this yesterday with Joey and Ryan as well. Yeah. Is he looks engaged. He looks he has, like he cares. He doesn't, he doesn't make doesn't, many he, mistakes. No, he's he's playing well out there offensively, even defensively. He's a smart player. He's engaged even physically. He's getting yeah. in people's faces. I like him. So yeah. far, there's no anything. And he that gets Jim pucks Benning on done, net. Yeah, he does. He unless the other number 23. Yeah. Like, did he ever get the puck on net? Like that's Oliver Beckman, Larson, Garland have been two of their best players. So all the things that Jim Benning's done in the offseason to make this team better, at least on paper, he's done. Yeah. Now it's on the players. You can talk about Jim Benning mortgaging the future. You can talk about Jim Benning three years from now, like, oh, if you yeah. would have drafted that guy or this guy instead of Oliver Ekman, Larson, and Garland, yeah. fair enough. But right now, he did what he needed to do, did did what he needed to do to make this team better right now. Yeah. And it's up to the players. It's up to Travis Green. This isn't on Jim Benning right now. Not right he's now. Done his job. It's on He's Travis done his Green. job right now. It's on Baumgartner. It's on Bradshaw. You know, it's all on the coaching staff, but mainly it's on Travis Green because you are the boss. You're the bench mm-hmm. boss. And you know what? Things don't turn around here for this team that is much better on paper. I think you're going to see that axe fall on Travis Green. And then if the season doesn't turn around after that, well, we know what the other axe is going to fall on yeah. Jim Benning. But anyways, that's it for our quick post-game wrap-up. Is Travis Green on the chopping block? That's going to be the title. Or should he be? Or maybe, Nav, I'll let you come up with it because you're pretty creative at those. But anyways, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, the Nav and TJ special of the large cast here. Go Canucks, go. Two games left before they come to their home opener against the Wild. 
Can't wait to be back in the stands. 100% capacity. 100% capacity, everybody. Have a great day.